Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. Uh, you've missed us. We haven't missed you, right? Uh, no. I have missed Zach. Zach is the only person that I've missed. Yeah, Zach just haven't followed us back. Uh, yeah, but it has been... By the time this comes out, it's been over a month since you guys have heard from us. Just about. It's been pretty crazy. We now moved in together. Yep. We are happily married. Yep, we're married. <laughs> With three kids on the way. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do their parents. <laughs> Never mind. Cut that part. I will keep it in. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's just been kind of hectic getting the new apartment together, but finally coming along. Yep. And I guess we're going to start getting back into the swing of things here. Hopefully. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe this will be the last yeah. time you guys have ever heard of us and you'll think that we died, yeah. but it's not that we didn't die. It's that we didn't die yeah. yet. True. Right? Right. Well... To help us get back into the swing of things, we have the king of swings with us today, <laughs> the one and only Brayden Peppo. Greetings. How are you feeling, Brayden? Pretty good. I'm ready for this. Are you? Yeah. I really am. Every I've bit of it. I've been waiting all day. Yeah, we all have day. him duct taped to a chair, gun to his head. <laughs> I've just been sitting around all day waiting for this to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so why don't you uh, go ahead and tell our audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your passion. Whoa. About the patches in your beard, <laughs> a My little passion. bit about anything. My name is Brayden Peppo. I go to Grove City College. My major is music and history, and I really like music a lot. I like playing it. I like writing it. I like arranging it. I really like soundtracks, and that's who I am. Nice. I was I was homeschooled. Yeah. Shout <laughs> out homeschoolers. We Shout all out homeschoolers. That's, that's the important part. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the size of it. I remember the first time I met this man. Well, when the Slitters, uh, friends of ours, invited us to go see a harp concert at his crazy. then church. I saw this dude with like this little, little mop top, <laughs> just jamming on the piano. I was like, "Who's this guy? I think he is." And I'm like, "Play Pirates of the Caribbean right now!" And then he does it. And I'm like, "Okay, this guy's actually kind of cool because he can play pirates." Ago. Oh, I played piano as well. I don't know if I already said that. I mean, you talked about music, boy. I might have. Yeah. Yeah, we can yeah. dive more into it's that. It's the only thing I play, really. Yeah. But from then on, we started seeing him around a lot more. Yeah. Speaking he doesn't leave. Bank. He doesn't leave ever. No. I No? I orbit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the sun. <laughs> but he's hotter than the sun. Yeah, the oh. world revolves around. <laughs> <laughs> the world revolves around Braden Pepto. Yeah. <laughs> I like this show. <laughs> it's like, you on board. It's a good show. Is that the sun? No, that's Mr. Pepo. Wow. <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess you'll be running because you have a lot of, uh, hopefully a lot of topics, but do oh. we just want to jump into it first? You yeah. both, we there was a premiere as the, when the, oh, this releases, true. it would have been five days ago, maybe six yeah. days ago. They hopefully all three should be up on YouTube right now. Oh, right now? Oh, well, the, no, like, yes, they by should. The <laughs> by the time yeah. this is posted. They're up on YouTube right now. Go watch Go them. check them out. We had... What was the first one? Uh, chin hair. Chin, <laughs> chin, chin hair. A very, a very goofy film. Yep. Then your guys's was just the three little pigs, right? Yeah. And just then we that. had bitter harvest. Yep. Yeah. Three very, very different films, yeah. but yeah, but very yeah. entertaining with a lot so. in common. Surprisingly, yeah, shocking. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, we they don't know about the whole premise. Oh, that's right. You yeah, we, tell us the premise. Yeah. All right, so long story short, I, did I bring this up to you, or how did this start? You mentioned to me that you were talking about it with some friends, Yeah, this was, this was over a year ago almost, because it was when we were driving 
from back from Abby's when we recorded with Abby that one time at her house. Oh, yeah. Because we were talking about premiere stuff. And then I, I brought it up again. Abby Watson? She actually runs uh, our spinoff show. Yeah. I haven't seen her in so long. Yeah. yeah. I think wow. there's a reason. I think she had a restraining order against you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Wow. Uh, you keep saying the world revolves around him. I can't get away. <laughs> but uh, yeah, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the, the idea was to have like a bunch of people get together with like the same premise um, and basically have enough time to go out, film, edit, uh, and re-record if you need to add some reshoots, uh, a movie. And the premise that you came up with, I think, yes, right? Yes, I did. Yep, was The Three Little Pigs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, well, I say we, I didn't even do like much of anything, but there were three projects. I was too busy to get mine done. Three teams of two. Yep. Three yes. teams. It was teams of two. Three and then pairs. you could three have pairs. however many people or however little amount of people, um, also, you know, play Involved. a role. Mm-hmm. So the first film, which was Sam and Keith's was, it was something. <laughs> I don't know. They said they spent three hours on the whole thing. I tr- I believe it. That, I mean, yeah, I felt all three hours. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I watched it for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> and their genre was very clearly comedy. But now I guess goof. you guys it can dive goofy. into it. Was the com- yeah, goof. I guess it, if you want to describe what you and JP did first, because obviously you guys went last and it was the longest. So like, mm-hmm. where did yeah. the idea come from? Obviously, we know the idea, but how did you get to the genre? And if you want to explain the movie, like, Spoiler free because we want people to go watch oh, it. Oh, right, right, yep, right. Yep. Yeah, well, we, we've done this thing for a long time where we try to, and this backfired really hardcore, where we try to make our films as easy to shoot as possible. And it was, so it was JP Edge and I that were running the thing. And we knew that neither of us were good actors. And we knew that we didn't have much time. But we wanted to make a Three Little Pigs movie. So we decided we should make a movie where there's no movement. <laughs> And mm-hmm. no one's face is shown and no words are said because obviously that will be mm-hmm. the easiest to make, right? Totally. <laughs> it feels, have to yeah. act at all. feels and, very limiting at the right. same time, yeah. Right. So, of course, it would be easy. Well, like probably 60 to 70 hours of work later, we realized it was not as easy <laughs> as we thought it was going to be. So, the goal was to make a Three Little Pigs where we conveyed something complex without using any movement or auditory words we we wanted to see if we could do that a little fun puzzle or project so our film ended up being a little bit of a spooky horror film but we didn't mean it that way really (laughs) um Mm. it's just a bunch of still shots the whole thing is still shots and it's about the three little pigs and the wolf that's about all i have got to say about it for that Mm -hmm. question it very much felt like one of those movies that you know, like you've seen the meme where like you wake up at 3 a.m. and see what's playing on YouTube. If I saw that at 3 a.m., I think if I was an atheist, I'd be crying out to God after that one. Yeah, but yeah it ended up being a lot creepier than we tried for, which we think is a plus. I agree. Mm-hmm. It is very much a plus. Yeah. yeah. What was your film? Our film was Bitter Harvest. It was a lot more loosely based Yeah, because we didn't have like any... Uh, representation really of pigs aside from like I guess a few Easter eggs, but it's we wanted it to be more like a th- like you could theorize oh this story is actually based on the three little pigs as opposed to like oh we're wearing like not that there's anything wrong with like wearing pig masks or saying like oh this is the wolf it's like 
we want it to be a little bit more, I guess, like you could theorize about it. And so mm-hmm. it's more dr- probably the most dramatic project that we've done. But with the oh, particular yeah. cut that we made for the premiere, there was a good number of issues that uh, I have to, uh, I mean, at this point have worked out and it's gone. <laughs> well, I, I actually did not notice except for the one thing at the end, but I wouldn't have thought about it twice unless you said okay. something. Have so, a yeah. good one. <laughs> have a good one, man. That's a good one. But yeah, it's dramatic and it was fun to make. Yeah, it was very good. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So you said 60 to 70 hours. How long did it take? I mean, you were oh, working on shoot. it up until like the day of. Yeah. But, like how many days or weeks do you think for both would it be? Well, we started recording like pretty soon after uh, Alan and I were confirmed to be directors. So we were, we shot the very first scene with, which we knew was going to be David, but David just wasn't available then. We're yeah. like, okay. Because at the time I had facial hair and I have facial hair again, but I was like, okay, I'm going to have to shave it off just so I can look like David. So we tried our best to make him look as obscure as possible. So that was like, when did we start? The like beginning of July oh, wow. Wow. at some point. So we filmed that and then we took like a three-week hiatus or yeah. something. Yeah. And then that's when we focused more on the trailers, which you guys will never get to see. Haha. But we <laughs> had you see fine. It? Yeah. And that's perfectly all right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, JP and I were occupied a lot during that time. And then after that time, um, we started filming again maybe like, two weeks prior a week prior and even up until like the the day of i was doing stuff like recording music for it and doing editing and so it was it felt very rushed so we can definitely utilize our time better in the future i feel like yeah we could have done the same yeah so as far as hours go though i have no clue uh too many that's fair yeah, what inspired, because the music that you guys used in the film, I noticed was, well, not just noticed, but JP also told me, was used of, uh, or not used of, contained certain elements that we also had at a certain place that we worked as well. Oh, certain yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. or whatnot, and then it felt, I don't know, how would you how would you describe the music? Because I'm trying to find the words to explain it, but I can't. Yeah, um, minimalistic mm-hmm. would be what, how I would describe it. So... The whole point of the, the movie was full of really, really long shots where nothing was moving except for maybe little blades of grass. So the mm-hmm. whole idea is we really wanted to force people to take some time and just look at everything in the picture to really, really think about what's going on to not just watch a like even long shots where there's movement is your eyes are focused on the movement. We wanted people to have to dwell, to have to chew on what's going on mm-hmm. in there. And so we gave them the same thing for a long time. Uh, Music is the exact same way. I, I took the same approach to that. So I would hold one chord for two minutes um, because I really wanted people to feel what that chord was like, like the, the color mm. of the chord and the feeling of that and, and the gravity mm. of the different the tensions between the different notes. And the whole thing w- was minimalistic. I gave them a little bit that I wanted them to have to chew on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's what I did with the music. Some of them were just sound effects, like like Icarus just said, um, we did include some fan noises yeah. <laughs> from a certain workplace yeah. um, because they were so disturbing. I guess we were going for a little bit of disturbing, I suppose. And then yeah. I also pulled uh, a choral piece from one of my new favorite composers who is a minimalist composer. And his whole philosophy is the same as we use, which is just give people very little and let them soak it up and, hmm. and dwell on it and chew on it. Interesting. Do you feel like 
when you were well when did you make the music before or after you guys did filming i had to make the music after our first edit was available because i okay. wanted timings to be very specific okay. dang did you have in your mind like how the music would sound and did you like have to adjust it based off of like i guess maybe the filming didn't turn out quite how you had imagined in your head and you had to adjust to that or did everything yes. kind of pan out as you thought um i mean the general feel panned out about as i thought which was what was most important there because i really was wanting to capture like a very restful yet disturbing feel i guess hmm. there's there's a place where those two meet and that's what i was aiming for because that's what the actual movie was everything's very disturbing but at the same time it's very calm so hmm. i i had i had, had that set for a while but again, the specific timings were difficult. And then some of the instrumentation too, like for the scene is like, oh, well, this scene, like the colors in this, in this visual picture don't really seem to go with how this instrument sounds or stuff like that, mm -hmm. I guess. Other than that though, no, it, the, how it came out didn't really throw me off in terms of vision. Yeah. Okay. I think from a out, well, an outsider's perspective yeah. watching every yeah. single note was, I would argue is perfect. My big one Let's of my go. one of my big <laughs> things when it comes to film is I really love when the music fits the tone because a lot of times with a lot of these obviously we didn't really have any budgets for these but let's just call them low budget short films right. student mm -hmm. films something like that right the music can be really good but if it doesn't match you're like I know this doesn't really make sense mm -hmm. and I thought every single moment felt like yes this is like it, it made sense on screen you're like this, this makes sense. I, mean, I don't know if you meant it to be that way but i, mean, I that was I the goal was yeah. to make everything work well that actually the biggest challenge or what i thought maybe i had done wrong was put too much music in i, I, I really wanted violent. a lot of silence like when we approached it at mm. first i started with as little as possible and then built up mm -hmm. from there so yeah i really wanted every note to count and a lot of times maybe there to be no notes at all there's a couple scenes that are completely silent yeah mm -hmm. which held a lot yeah. to you though how'd you come up with music obviously i don't um, know but still yeah sam sam picked up on it but one of my favorite movies uh when i was younger uh was you are special which is a story about punchinello and i really liked the core like the little i guess i don't know jingle in the beginning it would go like do 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 it kind of had like a little bit of like a mysterious factor to it so i tried to to incorporate that same sort of feel where it was kind of like broken up and i wanted to oh, what did you tell me yep that's yeah the one. yeah it's, I've seen it's, that. it's based it's yeah. based on a book by max Lucado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um i wanted a, a similar feel but also to make it feel uh very much like a three little pigs sort of darker not quite like a thriller or quite like a more like a mystery i guess and so mm. yeah the it was like your melodies were like folkish almost yes and, and folk melodies are very simple they're very childlike so you took that structure you and colin oh i guess his was literally just a his folk was, melody yeah. yes right? yeah um because yeah. classical music oftentimes has these long big themes with all these complex mm -hmm. intervals and grandiose stuff and even horror movies sometimes are just like weird dissonant, but the but the folk music is really simple melodies that are easy mm -hmm. to sing, um, and a lot of notes are repeated. And it seemed like you took that and then messed with it using the chords, but you yeah. didn't mess with the melody mm -hmm. necessarily. Mm -hmm. You made it demented and creepy and mysterious um, mm -hmm. with the with the, the colors that you put around it, which I yeah. thought was really really cool. Because yeah. then you have both that strong 
folk mm-hmm. childlike melody, just creepy mm-hmm. in and of itself, decorated by mystery. I don't know. I, I was a fan of that, to be honest. That's yeah. high praise coming. Strong from melody is really hard to come by these days, and really hard to write. And yeah, I think yeah. you, I think you had some of that. Yeah, it was very interesting because, like, originally, uh, Colin and I were going to direct, but then with him living like two hours away, that wasn't really viable. Right. And then he was going to do the soundtrack, but we had some trouble with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess just figuring out how to record it. Them. But couple times. but it, it's all right. Um. Uh. So he, when we first sat down, we were discussing music together. Um. Like he was. Uh. He wanted to know the tone. I show him what we filmed, and I was like, okay basically describing like how you do look with kind of like a folkish kind of like feeling feeling a little bit like a fairy tale but a little bit darker so we pulled up the three little pigs theme from like the old like 1930s cartoon and he was i was like okay can you just play this in minor and i was like uh i gotta see the notes so (laughs) so he pulls up the notes and then he just looks at the notes plays the theme and then he changes it to minor and then he messes it around with a little bit yeah, so for our audience, that's da 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 if I say feeling based, that feels really weird. But I guess I have to feel like the tone of it. I have to know what it is I'm trying to say in a scene or trying to express an emotion in order for me to actually come up with anything. And a lot of the times when I sit down to create a song, a lot of it just, I don't want to say like comes naturally because that sounds kind of cocky, but like I usually have some sort of feeling or some sort of image in my mind. And so that's when I sit down to play it, it typically comes out how... I guess I'm thinking it, but I don't know how to express it with words. So I just express it with the sounds. I honestly think, I think like compositional training would kind of wreck that a little bit. I think really? it's wrecked me a little bit. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad for it. I'm very glad for mm-hmm. it. It's given me a lot of tools. Yeah. But just the raw, here's how I want to make this sound. You, Cause you really know your way around the keyboard too. I like I, I think you're actually successful at that. A lot of people want to do that and can't. But you have my you have my my endorsement Danke. of of I that technique because you just yeah. Well, this is uh, going back to yours. This isn't the unless you had something else to say on that. This isn't the first time that you have recorded a soundtrack for one of our movies. That's correct. It? No, it is not. So, <laughs> uh, I guess expound a little on i guess your first venture into the uh cinematic genius world of yeah my first <laughs> of well, music the first film i ever scored and the one the, i mean the only other than this one i've ever scored <laughs> and probably will ever score um is the weed man project which mm. is the first film that all of us made together uh which was super fun won an oscar i believe yeah i think it, i think it was three. nominated for a couple of yeah so Again, that one really didn't have much music, so I did sort of intro, credits, mm-hmm. a couple things in the middle, um, then threw some other stuff in. Yeah. It did really well at the Lonnie's as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it won a couple Lonnie's, yeah. Yeah. But what was interesting about that one was when we were recording like one of the final scenes, actually it was like the final thing that we were recording that day in the... Uh, in the sanctuary <laughs> when uh, Nathan, the cinematic genius himself uh, was giving his speeches and whatnot, you would 
bounce back and forth with what he was saying. Like, and you would, you managed to, I guess, just impromptu it on the spot, unless you had stuff like in your back pocket beforehand. Yeah, not only that, up, but, but that's when I wrote the score for the entire thing on accident. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. The, the scene is like this sort of church revivalist type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's meant to mock, I guess, sort of like prosperity gospel, like come forward, give your money and, and God will be good to you. Mm-hmm. So there's always an organ in those scenes going, yep. step forward. And the organ goes crazy. <laughs> so I went and jumped on yeah. the organ and was just playing random stuff for fun. Um, then they started, <laughs> they started passing the plate. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, I got to come up with something. And I'm, I'm usually really bad at writing melody on the spot. Like I struggle every day. Hmm. I try to write a melody a day just to really? actually get the, get the, things working to get better at it that's what people say to do if you want oh to yeah we do, we do that we do that oh <laughs> well, oh yeah just, definitely usually like four of that, I think. <laughs> and often i don't because it's just so difficult like yeah. I, th- Mel- I think melody is just the hardest thing in, in the universe pretty much it feels limiting after a while yeah and then you're all trapped in it and yeah yeah so but for some reason i just a little thing popped out then and i played on the organ and then i played it again and again and again on the organ and it was kind of nice Mm-hmm. And then I stepped away and listened to the whole scene, and I was like, well, I might as well make that the main theme for mm-hmm. the entire film. And so I dressed it up a little bit, added a mm-hmm. couple of stuff musically, and yeah, really wasn't that hard of work because I had already done all the work on accident. Yeah. yeah. You were being projected by the weed man. I was while being it projected by the weed man. But I may yeah. just be saying this just because I was there and it's nostalgic, but like anytime, whether it's me or JP or SN or someone like plays the theme, it's like, instant just like chills so i think i mean obviously there is a bit of bias incorporated into that but i think that just like from a purely just like music standpoint it's just a very pretty theme no it's really good and i don't know yeah. how it ended up that way yeah. like that just is not a testament to my skill because when i sit down to try to make a really good melody it doesn't work it but it worked this time yeah. it worked that time that i think that's one of the prettiest melodies i've come up with uh, it was mm. nuts i also fun fact um stole some ch- some chunks of chord progressions from the film Vertigo. Really, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Alfred that Hitchcock with a Gene. That's Stewart. a really classic soundtrack. But I had heard, I had watched just recently, and I was figuring out, whoa, what this is? This really cool sound. You probably know it if you heard the Vertigo main theme. You'd be like, oh, I know how that sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm just going to use a little bit of that here and there. So a lot of it is, yeah, it's pretty, and I did that, whatever. But I also was, I was working with other influences as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way it has to be. Uh, I, I don't think I was talking to you about this. I was talking to somebody recently about how, uh, whether Hans Zimmer likes it or not, uh, Time and probably Cornfield Chase are his two most popular um, pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And neither one of them he intended to be considered his best. <laughs> right. But it seems right. to be with a lot of composers that the, the, the thing that sticks out the most in people's minds are the things that they didn't mean to write. Yeah, because obviously you 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 ha- you mean to write, but there's there's a difference between, um, at least for me, and I could obviously I'm just speaking for myself. But there's a difference between knowing before I even touch the piano or the guitar or whatever it is, like this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, it's a lot of trial and error, and sometimes yeah. I've came up with stuff myself that I'm like, this is amazing, and then I sit on it because I don't think that you should play something then immediately record it for the most part when it comes to things like this. So usually mm-hmm. I'll play it, record on my phone, sit on it for a day or two, and then go mm-hmm. back. And a lot of times you're like, oh, this is actually trash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of trial and error in music, and I don't think a lot of non-musical people consider that. 
Um, that's just how it is. Yeah. Though. Some of the, well, the best, the great composers varied quite a bit. Some yeah. of them had to tear it apart, write it again, tear it apart, write it yeah. again. Then there were some that never had any scratch marks on their paper. They got it right the exact first time. Yeah. Those are the weird mm. guys. I think it also just comes down to like how picky people are. Because like your a, audience? No, just like the particular person, the composer themselves. Yeah. I one of one of the things I love, especially in the music world, and I'm talking like modern music. Obviously right. we can talk about classical stuff as well, but it's like you can tell the the difference in care when it comes to an artist that released an album or a single or even something of that nature, like yeah. th every three years or every five years compared to someone who does one every year. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, maybe I'll use Drake as an example because he has like his fourth album in two years coming out soon. Like maybe wow. it'll be, maybe it's going to be good, but like there's something about when an artist drops something years down the line and you're like, everything on this matters because you can tell they put years of work into it to make sure it's perfect. Yeah. But yeah. I It does make me jealous though when you were saying like people who do, that are able to write things first try, you're like, how? Yeah, but I'm again, not one it, of them. I think it just comes down to mentality. Like, it might not be perfect, but if if they're able to look past the flaws and be like, this is the vision, Yeah, I'm going to keep it the way it is. Yeah. Because that's just how it is. So when it comes to music, and I guess whether it's just with you writing it or you just listening and appreciating it, who are your biggest musical inspirations? Oh, my boys. Your boys. <laughs> um... Oh, let me take half a minute to think on that. You have any since you were writing it? Oh, up? well, I'm, hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know. Because a lot of the times I can't really tie a name to what it is that I've heard before. True. And so it's kind of just like a culmination of different things that I've heard and I kind of just mesh them together by and try to put my own spin on it. Yeah. But no names in, like, in particular come to mind. I think if we're looking classical artists, you could obviously go with the Mozarts or the Beethovens, because obviously that's pre-film. Like, yeah. I like Tchaikovsky a lot. Yeah. I like Michelangelo. He's a good artist. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best artists. Yeah. Um, soundtrack, man. That's crazy. I was a fan of Raphael the Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Boy doesn't even have any fingies. Yeah, and he runs. Bunga, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's shredding. <laughs> no, it's Shredder. Oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was Shred somewhere in that universe. Yeah. For me, definitely my boy Frederick Chopin is always going to be first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, Liszt is number two. Franz Liszt, not musically. Franz Liszt was mm -hmm. nuts as a pianist. As a composer, I don't want to say he kind of threw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he didn't, obviously. Yeah, duh. Yeah. But it, that wasn't really, I don't know. That's not, he, that's not really what he's he best yeah. at, I don't think. He huh. was more of a pianist than a composer. He didn't compose, and some of it... Some of them are absolute bangers, yeah. but but it's more his, his piano that's his thing. Interesting. But Chopin was more focused on like composition and, and turning poetry into music and, and that sort of stuff. So Chopin is huge for me. Um, recently, I don't know if you boys are familiar with Igor Stravinsky. Mm -hmm. I've heard the name before. But he, he came along, and so before him, boys like Beethoven, Mozart, Chopin were like, I want to write... Um, a sad song so here's my goal down the line is sadness and so i'm going to try to make music based on how music works chords and stuff and i'm going to figure out how to use chords and melodies to make somebody feel sad hmm. stravinsky was one of the first boys that came along 
and wanted to cut out the middleman. You want to make somebody feel sad? Literally just produce raw sounds that will make them feel sad. I'm not interested in writing a melody that will express something to make somebody feel sad. I'm interested in making violins go to make somebody sound sad. Mm. So I think that is pretty big in film music. Hmm. And Stravinsky, I think, is one of the biggest influencers on film in general. He, he had a uh, piece called The Rite of Spring when it came out oh, in 1913. There was, a, there was a, um, a riot because the music was so jarring and disturbing and it had to do with we the ballet as well. To that. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that, but I've never he listened to it. He recommended that and I listened to it. I think that... Oh, that man, man. So some, of those, man. some of those moments are like what is going on and your body feels it he succeeded it's not music that sounds anxious and so you feel bad for somebody it's it's music that literally just makes you anxious by listening to it or Mm. makes you aggressive or whatever and um score film scores just completely took off with that stuff so i think stravinsky is a pretty big influence on me in terms of using moments instead of melodies in film scoring stuff It's less, oh, here's a melody that reminds me of this character or a theme that reminds me of this character, like Lord of the Rings. That's great. Whole different school of thought. Mm-hmm. Stravinsky was, you want to feel scared in this scene, you have big chords that go, dun, 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 dun. So, especially in this film that we just made, it's a lot of, here's a sound that makes you feel a certain way. So when it comes to that sort of music, at what point does it like stop being music and just become just like raw sound effects? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think probably when there's no uh, melody, <laughs> that's what I'd say. And melody can be a really loose term. Hmm. Yeah, if you use the term really, really loosely, I think music has to have melody to be music. So, but even some... It, Hmm. Let me let me actually go with so a good way to measure this a good criteria for that is if you can hum it or not Or if you can reproduce it in some way or not with with tones so Even Stravinsky's really weird moments. I can sort of sing and you'll go. Oh, that's Stravinsky But if it's something that the effect is created by literally exactly how it sounds and I can't replicate it then it's noise but I mean, I guess since it all it's all noise at the end of the day, whether it's good noise or not, <laughs> can I just take something like gunfire, for example, and just make it into a song like something like that? But at what point? Because um, at that yeah. point, it has a melody, but it's still made mm. of like raw song. Then it's right. Then it's music. Then it becomes. I mean, music. so music is also subjective to the person. I have another question. Oh, we here you are. Not. That. We can get into that in a second. Yeah, we need. We definitely need to touch on that. Yeah. Did you have anything else, or do you want me to ask? No, you can go for it. All right. So I wanted to ask this just because I've been finding this very interesting uh, recently. Number one, when it comes to composers nowadays in film, people basically know nobody. Yeah. It's like you got like the big five, and that seems to be it. However, I would argue that uh, composing and compositions in in movies are not as necessarily cared for as they should be. Yeah. And a lot of it comes down to <clears throat> movies typically get the release date before anything else. And they're like, this is the day, this is when you have to have it done. Mm. But mm. a lot of films nowadays too rely very heavily on what you were saying, which is just like a lot of almost sound effects where like the music is is just made out of 
random sounds which can become music or just using melodies or using kind of uh an overarching theme that is almost so inspired by previous works that it sounds exactly exactly the the same yep with that being said i guess when it comes to this like are there things or are there movies that you've heard music that you're like well that's not really that's not really music I don't know if that's too hard of a question. Are there films recently that either you've seen in theaters or that you saw, even just like watching it, and you're like, that doesn't feel like real music? Because what came to my mind was immediately, and this is what yeah. felt like music was Oppenheimer. Because like five minutes into that film, I'm like, this soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. But a lot of films, you're like, oh, that's pretty awful. Yeah. I've actually, I've not seen Oppenheimer. Have you heard the soundtrack? No, I've okay, not. Heard the I was gonna say you got. I, I was thinking about listening to it, but I thought I might as well see the film. Yeah, first. you got to go into a blind. Mm-hmm. That first. What's it's fusion and then what's the second one? Uh, hear the, can you hear the music? That's the one. Yeah, I've seen that reference all over the place. It's unbelievable. Well, there's been a trend recently where where melody melody since like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, since yeah. John Williams, basically. John Williams, yeah. Melody has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. Theme has turned into melody, which mm-hmm. has turned into motive, which has turned into nothing. So a theme is a collection of melodies. So like the main Star Wars theme um, or the Prince Leia theme or the Indiana Jones theme is not just da 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 but it's also um, oh what's the middle section of that do 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 da 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 yeah yeah so that's a theme it has multiple melodies and it represents something that's a theme then we move to just melody where we get even less than that um, which Batman, like that. well, no. Hmm. Well, well, Batman's motive. I Batman's was going to say the Batman is a lot of motive. Uh, as mm. much as I love the film, there's not a whole well, lot. Well, which Batman it. knows? But I'm talking specifically the Batman, but also even the Nolan trilogy. Like it's a lot of. I don't know the exact technical yeah. terms, but it's a lot of like theme and theme, like the particular theme, and that kind of just carries through the whole movie. There's yeah, not like, too there's much not else of, behind. Well, it. actually, actually, John Williams is sort of sold his soul. So the new Star Wars movies. Are yeah. like barely melody. Like Kylo Ren. What's how's Kylo Ren's theme go? That's it. That's all you got, yeah, right? That's so that's there. a melody, not yeah. really a full one. And then it's you like move to Hans Zimmer. Most of his stuff is just motive, which I think mm-hmm. is actually fine. What he's doing. So like the Batman. Two notes. It's yeah. great. It's a motive. It's not a melody. Mm-hmm. And so a couple couple films that even Nolan's or not Nolan. I've been thinking about Dune recently, and I've listened to that soundtrack, and I've noticed that that really lacks strong. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, I guess a lot of Hans Zimmer stuff. I haven't I haven't seen a lot of movies recently. Any that you can maybe think of that you've seen? I mean, I saw Mission Impossible. Um, Apparently, and- nobody saw that. and that that's got a strong theme that's been around for ages since the first film was out Uh, but what the new film did was it took that and it ran with that so all the melodies in that film were all derived from the first film which is sweet there's coherence there but a lot of it was also just noise so that would be a film i would say that i saw recently that had a lot of noise in it that's fair when it comes to maybe this is a side tangent maybe i don't know if you wanted to spend more time on that or not but for movies, or, well, pr- particularly movies in a series, when they find a theme like that, that's iconic. The first yeah. one that comes to mind is Harry Potter. Like, in every <laughs> single time, yeah. you always see the do, 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 do. But it's the same thing, like, 
seven, eight different times. Like, yeah. at what point should a composer, like maybe you put it, maybe put yourself in, uh, in their shoes. Yeah. How do you satisfy the fans in bringing them something that they're familiar with, like the 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 tune, the theme? I'm scared I'm going to use the wrong term. Yeah, no, like no bringing that it. up while also staying kind of like relevant and bringing new themes into it that people can still like. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say that? is mirror whatever's going on in the films. Like you aren't, you aren't watching the same movie over and over again. There's mm-hmm. a new Harry Potter movie. I mean, because there's books, but also because we'd like the character of Harry Potter, but we want to see him put in new circumstances or we want to see him grown up matured. Um, the music should do the exact same thing. You don't need to get rid of a theme, yeah. but put it in a new light, in a light that's more meaningful or mature it or cut it up in a little bit. Like whatever you're doing with the story, do the same thing with music. They should be, they should be intimately linked. Um, any ones that you can think of? Any ones that actually take a theme and A, run oh. with it, but also incorporate it in different ways. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Mission Impossible did that well. Yeah. Um, Star Wars has done that with a couple of their themes. Mm-hmm. Um, and other ones they have not. Um, think of other series that bring it back really well. A lot of a lot of it is done very poorly. I've seen a lot of, especially in trailers. Any trailer that's a remake of an old film they or hit a that high set note in a that series, we all know. they they have the the dubstep, and then they have the theme come back, or mm-hmm. maybe something that people know, like Somewhere Over the Rainbow has been a common one recently to throw into trailers, and Great they make song. the theme sound really big and epic and it's like oh that's sweet and then you get to the movie and the, and nothing yeah, is nothing, is the... nothing has happened yeah. or it's just the same theme but it now sounds worse mm-hmm. <laughs> so one thing i'd say is if you're going to mature or develop the theme do it well you, you have to actually add something that is inherently interesting yeah. you can't just keep putting harry potter in different random worlds you actually have to purposely give some meaning and structure to his worlds in order for it to be good yeah um so the same the exact same applies with the music the other thing i would say is don't stop writing new strong themes the reason people like the harry potter theme the indiana jones theme the mission mission impossible theme is because jurassic park is because they are strong melodies in and of themselves Mm -hmm. so 20 years 30 years later instead of just running off of the oil that we're still digging up from movies that are 30 years old, start making more melodies that are that good. We can do it. People do it all the time in video games. It's happening every day. Movies are just really far behind that. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Is there a limit to how many melodies exist? (laughs) Yeah. Melodies finite. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. I think they are. How close are we to that? <laughs> oh, we've already, where where we've are we on that, that spectrum? Because it sounds that. like every, especially with modern songs, it feels like, again, it's that four chord progression. Just everything. Yeah. It, does, it feels like we're just plateauing and we're not going up. Yeah, that is not because we're running out of melodies. That is because morality is crumbling. And when people's Ooh. souls aren't interested in um, receiving substance when they're not interested in receiving meaning from the world when they're not interested in seeing the world as a coherent complex whole made by a designer they're going to be more interested in just the raw feelings they can get well let's go and that that just falls that's deep right down into the art category that's why all of our arts are no longer about meaning or communicating something um 
using actual information. They're just about, here's something that makes you feel a certain yeah, way. It's all about emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Like so let me expression. hear that beat a little louder because it makes me, I don't mm -hmm. know, sexually excited or it makes yeah. me ready for this party or it's instant gratification. Right. Yeah. That, no, that's exactly right. And that, that doesn't come from running out of melodies that comes from people's souls crumbling. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think it's a lot of the reason too, why you see artists have like a big, like, you know, album comes out and it's like, really, it's like one of the best sellers. And then it, nose dives immediately because everyone's so excited for that one to two week period yeah. and they're like okay what's next yeah if i may um use a c.s lewis little thing he makes a Go difference between using and receiving art so using art means oh here's something that's art let me use it for my own purposes let mm -hmm. me enjoy how it makes me feel let me just grab it and it's it's, it's a fundamentally selfish way um exploitative which sometimes it's good receiving art is looking more at it than at yourself going whoa what can i receive from this how can this make me a better person um what what meaning does this have in it that i can look for um it, it's taking time to really get everything you can out of something it's like if somebody gives you a gift you can just use the gift yeah. without thankfulness exploit it or you can receive the gift and be really thankful for the gift itself there's more emphasis on the gift so music is supposed to be received. It's supposed to be used too. And in soundtracks, a lot of times there is use. You want big chords to go dun, 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 dun. That you're using the music to make people feel a certain way. But we've lost the art of receiving music. And that's why our melodies are crumbling. And that's mm -hmm. why music is awful right now. Dang. Okay. So where would you, like if there's like, it's like a number scale. <laughs> where are we on the scale? Like on a scale of one to 10, 10 is like, all right, we've reached all the melodies there's like 10 melodies out there like which, <laughs> Only which number um I, like looking at throughout the music throughout all of history that we are aware of right i, I mean uh, obviously that's like an insane question no i know i'm gonna like, make a fun guess though i mean the best way to measure this is probably picking any melody that you know and saying what other melodies are exactly like this and if every melody has another melody that's exactly like it we've reached the 10 hmm. yeah I think, uh, okay. I'm going to throw out like f maybe five or six. That's, that's, that's kind of fair. exciting to it, know that we're it's only exciting. Like but remember what the, what human prosperity does this is exponential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that'll go quick. Yeah. If that's actually true. I don't know. I think too, when it comes to melodies and you aren't meaning it this way, but I think that it seems like almost that we, and obviously we go by decades with music. If we're talking real yeah, music, it's the like, 90s, 80s. it's like we have, let's say a four set of melodies that everything kind of revolves around. Yeah. And then we hit a very sharp left turn where everything differs because it's like, okay, we've, we've seen enough of this. Yeah. And then we go on to the next decade and we have 10 years of music that all sounds the same. And then again, another left turn. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to hit that because in my opinion, I feel like the 2010s to this era is kind of all blurred and it's just, the same thing over and yeah. over and over. And it felt like, at least for me, um, well, it, it also depends on genres. I definitely listen to a lot more uh, indie and a lot more of uh, rap. But yeah. it it felt like 2018 to like 2022 kind yeah. of became this era where everyone wanted to experiment and really put their heart and soul into their music. And then now it feels like everything's just the exact same every song has that like uh, honestly it might just be social media has ruined this for all of us but hmm. you need that like 10 second hook that everyone's gonna remember yeah and then 
know, a week goes by and everyone's like, oh, that song sucks. Like, it's everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. But, like, that should also be a good thing in music. Like, we don't, we'll never have the experience of, like, you had to actually go see an artist live and that would be maybe the only time you ever got to hear that piece of music <laughs> right and like yeah. it was a huge deal us yeah. it's like you scroll on instagram for like 20 even just 20 seconds and you hear the same sounding song over and over right. and over and yep. over again corporate uh, oh, what's the term corporate schmuck i think yeah. industry plants are what they're called as well like yeah, yeah. music piece. has become corporate yeah it's just stuff that biz- i mean businesses write it for their advertisements yeah and it always has an agenda behind it which like it should have an agenda behind it but it's always like to make the artist or the brand or the corporation as you're saying look better in the eyes of the masses yeah right it's it's not about the music itself yeah, it's not controversial doesn't have too much emotion behind it right it's either make me look good or make you feel good but it's never about the good thing the good music that yeah. you're supposed to enjoy or look at we've lost that yeah are there any musical saviors that will pull us out of this dump that you can think of that can be like, oh, I kind of have hope for the future because, oh, John this Mayer. composer or this um, person out there oh, exists? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, video games are going to save us all. Really? Video games are going to save us all. Mom, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, mom. mom. <laughs> all um, of my hours on Donkey Kong. <laughs> my, You're welcome. My 300 hours. And I, I used to say this is a joke, but then one time I picked up a book on the greatest composers and I was reading it and I got to the last page and the author said, look, like we're dying and video game music is where these guys' ideas are showing up now. And I was like, like whoa, oh, other yeah. people are thinking this too. Video game music mm. is where there are strong, there is strong melody. It's where there's actual musical theory innovation going on, like new musical ideas, like mm -hmm. take, like we're actually continuing the conversation. Bach yeah. started a conversation that has been going on until <laughs> Arnold Schoenberg, 1912, whatever. It is okay, here's the way that music is. You call it the, the common era of music. Mm -hmm. Here's music is for, here's how it works, and how can we do that better? How can we do that better? How can we do that better? And then people yeah. kept trying to do that better and better and better until somebody named Arnold Schoenberg decided, actually, we're going to do away with that whole thing. He became really popular. And now we're not engaging in that conversation anymore. We're yeah. just making music that's fun, but we're not innovating at all. Video game music is where this stuff is showing up. So um, Nobuo Uematsu uh, does the Final Fantasy music. I think he's probably I think he's probably going to be up there. Um, Koji Kondo does Mario and Zelda. I think Zelda Phenomenal, more so is where. Yeah. Zelda and mm. Super Mario Galaxy, I think, are his stuff that yeah. actually do, 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 do. adds do, 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 to some of the do. best stuff that humans have made music-wise. Um, high praise. Uh, there's some other names that do things here or there in the video game music world, but those two are, are probably the ones that are going to save us. Yeah. Outside the video game music world, John Williams, I think, has has created interest in strong melody, although he's even he's sold a, his soul to the corporate yeah, schmuck. He's got to leave. Mm. Um, Hans Zimmer's really cool and good, but I don't think he's helping us very yeah. much. I don't think he's helping that conversation. You know how to pronounce the name? He did the Oppenheimer soundtrack. Ludwig something is like the Van next Beethoven. up and coming <laughs> Yeah, Ludwig is a good <laughs> place to start. <laughs> no problem there. Um, oh, 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 oh. Our savior, our savior is Howard Shore. The Lord oh, of the Rings music. Really? Yeah. I can, you, can, you can tie it directly to the next step in classical music. He is responding mm. directly to Wagner. Did Howard do... 
Lord of the Rings. N- yeah. Did he do The Hobbit? He did. Yes, and that that threw. felt corporate. He, I feel he like threw he with just The Hobbit. Yeah, I don't he know took what all was, was wrong good. With him. Yeah. But yeah. the Lord of the Rings was responding directly to some influential classical composers and mm-hmm. taking their ideas to the next level. And no one has responded to that since. Yeah. Wow. Um, outside the soundtrack world, I think Jacob Collier is gonna is gonna yeah. do us some good. Love my boy Jacob. Um, other than that, I really can't think of anybody. Yeah. We're kind of drowning right now. I, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, though, uh, what you said about John Williams, because uh, if there's any good to take away from John Williams, it's that he has inspired the next generation. Yeah. And hopefully someone in this current era can inspire somebody else. But since we don't have too much time left, yeah. as crazy as it sounds to ask yeah. for you, but what would you say, I guess to anybody out there like if they want to compose like how how should you approach that rather than yeah. what we've been talking about which is just you know oh just doing what has already been done yeah and not really putting any soul behind please it. please study melody learn how to write good melodies go and talk to our boys specifically mozart and tchaikovsky those are people who were able to write very good melodies very quickly and they wrote about it and they like study their stuff. Uh, John Williams, the people I've named there, map them out. Ask yourself, why do I like this melody? What makes yeah. this a good melody? Learn how to write music like it's human speech. That's what people really latch on to is when you have something way too long and complex or short and, and I don't know, Howard, um, not Howard, Hans Zimmery, it does not sound like human speech. Music is meant to replicate human speech. That's why we like melodies. Learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, then write one melody a day. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. Um, that's a good way to start. I, I just want to add uh, as well, keep in mind, uh, the greats didn't become great overnight. Yeah. I think with a lot of artists nowadays and a lot of composers, it's like... Oh, well, I'm not getting anywhere, so I'm just going to have other people do my work. No. I'm just going <laughs> to move on. Do not do on. that. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of trial and error. You might create the greatest thing that you've ever thought, and people might not respond well to it. But you mm-hmm. got to learn from it and move on and sure. you know, be more intentional. Yeah. In order to write a good thing, you have to write so many bad things first. Yeah. So that's, why, that's what the melody every day thing is. It's just write and fail and write and fail and write yeah. and fail because eventually you're going to get it. Also, spent with music, just see if people remember it after they've heard it. See if you can get people to listen to your music and tell you that was boring or yeah, I can't remember that or I'll probably never listen to that again because the, the mark of a good melody, the mark of strong music is that people are going to remember it. It's going to change them. So yeah. that's really easy. Just ask your friends. Well, try. Most people now won't care even <laughs> if it is good. So. Yeah. Something else that helps with that as well that I found helpful is record what it is that you create. Because even if it may sound bad now or it may not be great now, you could always return to it later. Yeah. And then maybe you're like, oh, maybe yeah. I was onto something with this. And yeah. that's actually happened to me actually with Bitter Harvest. Yeah. So yeah, that's nice. where I was actually going to go with that. But another thing, too, because if we're going to relate this back to obviously we talk uh, movies, movie making more. Even when it comes to film, you got to you got to go out there and film, you know. Uh, to get Bitter Harvest, you had to film, 
I don't know what's something that you filmed that you don't love. <laughs> oh, that I don't love. Um, um Buzz uh, Bite Year and Leonard. That will that will come out at some point. There you we, go. We made oh, so yeah. that's something. Um, because again, if we're relating this back to movies, a lot of people say or a lot of people are like, Oh, well, Steven Spielberg hasn't ever made like a bad film. And it's like, well, that's also not true because again, it's subjective, but like the amount of stuff that he had to have made before Jaws was the the um, I mean at that time probably the biggest breakout ever. But like you know, yeah, mm-hmm. like you gotta you gotta learn to fail mm-hmm. and you gotta be okay with failing. Any good filmmakers, you look yeah. at the film you really like, and then you look at the six films they made before mm-hmm. that that no yeah. one knows about, and you're like, wow, that kind of sucked. But and I think he spent that, his whole life, and <laughs> now he doesn't have a life anymore. But there's a good film movie out there. I think so. also too, when it comes to the sucky things in film and uh, things that you know composers may have made before they got big, it's you can still have respect for it because it's like I actually can see how they got from here to there because yeah. I can hear this and that. Mm-hmm. Yep, which is always a cool thing as well. Oh, so you, you can know. look at foreshadows to their later style. Yeah, mm-hmm. same with composers. All right, my final question is. If it is God's will that either Jaden or myself become directors one day and we make make <laughs> films and you get a call one day from me or Jaden yeah. and we're like, hey, I want you to compose some music for this film. I want you to look it over. What will your answer be? Obviously, it'll all depend <laughs> on like the family be? and everything, of course, but like yeah. assuming that like we have time. Oh, yeah. Excellent. What if yeah, we added a million that. dollars behind that? Would the, that be a double yeah? Yeah, that would be a double. Yeah, yeah I would love yeah. a million dollars. That'd be great. That would be pretty great. Yeah, I mean, I there right now. There's a lot better people that could do it. No, you would. You would be my. Everybody has their boy, like Chris Nolan with Hans Zimmer or John Williams with Steven Spielberg. If I, if we, yeah. if, if one of us does it, yeah. then, then you'd be our boy. Basically, oh, what yeah. he's saying Sign is, if, up. I guess what you're saying is, if you have the opportunity to have Hans Zimmer. Or Braden Peppo, you're gonna go. Hans, oh, I'm gonna, get out of here. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with Braden personally. Yeah, uh, I think you, his music. That's some I'm, high praise. Well, yeah, that is some pretty like high it. praise. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That being said, Braden, thank you. Unless you had anything else, oh, to, I, that was a good way to end it. I like yeah. it. Braden, you're thank you for very joining welcome. us. Thanks for entertaining my little spiels. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll untie you from the chair now. So <laughs> yeah, so he's been scrubbing a little bit. My, my wrists are kind of bleeding. Yeah. All right, we can give him his pants back. <laughs> now we got to keep those for evidence, you know. Uh, <laughs> All right, moving on. But right. <laughs> anyways, with that being said, uh, y'all will hear us again probably sooner. Yep. Go um, check out the uh, three three little pig adaptations on yeah. Cinematic Genius on YouTube. You now. can hear his music. Yeah, and get your souls in line and start liking good art. <laughs> yeah. Obey God. Yeah, or else you're going to hell, and your <laughs> life will be sad, and you won't. You'll miss all the best art. Yeah, and you will never get to witness Zach Lewald's beautiful face. So he's got a beautiful face. I guess with that, I'm Jaden, and I'm Mike, and I'm Braden. <laughs> yeah, and we'll catch you on the other side of something. <laughs>